Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Sitting in the room in Los Angeles, California, more specifically North Hollywood, joining me, my forever partner in crime and podcasting friend, Aaron Alvarado. You know, we are married in podcast <laughs> matrimony. I was going to say this. So sounds, there's, yeah. there's no getting out of it. <laughs> it's literally till death do us part. We'll, and I would renew my podcast vows with yes, you yeah. if that were socially acceptable. Every 10 years, I think we're, we're <laughs> legally obligated to renew our podcast. So Could we do how you doing? Good, man. Dude, really? I was going to say, you want to keep doing this bit? I'm happy. I'm going to take this bit as far as you're willing to. Well, honestly, uh, it should have been a three. Well, this should have been a tripod. It should have been. been a tripod. It should have been. Unfortunately. Well, ha- what happened? Well, we had Skyler. Skyler was here. He came in. Yes. Flew in from Dallas. Yep. My first time meeting him in person. Yes. It's a special. That's, that was a special You guys have uh, had seven up. years of friendship. Plus. Through podcasting over Zoom, yes, <laughs> right, yes. and text messages, yes, seven correct. years, yeah, it's it's been a remote, uh, socially distanced, oh yes, friendship, so safe, yeah. So this was his first time visiting me in LA. He came in from Dallas, and we picked him up, and um, yeah, that was fun. That was it was great to meet him. I yeah, to finally put a uh, a physical human being to the. To the, to the text message, the energy, yeah, it's it's an energy. It is, it's yeah, definitely an energy. he's great. Energy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. He's tall. Too. Yes, he's yeah. lanky. He is yeah. a lengthy lanky sob. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, it was great. It was, it, we had so much fun, and uh, I wish it could have. Uh, well, so much fun that we were. It was we were pretty tired. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We were Wiped. really really tired last night, and he had an early flight, and so we uh, too tired to podcast. But that's okay. Um, Aaron. Why am I in Los Angeles? Why did Skylar come to Los Angeles? You want to the set the scene? The number one reason that you two um, movie addicts, is what I'm going to call you guys, <laughs> okay. came to L.A. was to watch the midnight showing of Inglorious Bastards at Quentin Tarantino's New Beverly Theater yes. in Los Angeles, California. So, and that's what we had. That's what we did on Friday night. We did. We went to the New Beverly again. Yes. So Another summer, another visit to the New Beverly. So you did... <laughs> You do this thing where you will, you'll text us the new Beverly lineup. They release a month in advance, basically, what movies yeah, are going to be yeah. screening. Now, this is significant for a few reasons. Uh, Quentin Tarantino sets the lineup himself. He picks what movies, many of them from his own personal 35-millimeter yep. collection, which, from what I understand now, to be very flammable material. Um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a lesson I learned watching this movie. Yes, very flammable. Um, <laughs> If you're ever going to, uh, I've learned this. It's very, very important. If you're going to a screening of a movie that is advertised as being in film, just maybe before the movie, check behind the screen. Just take a quick look. Yep. If there's a pile of 35 millimeter film just scrunched up, a huge pile behind the yeah. screen. Um, if there's a man smoking a cigarette near that pile, <laughs> yes. go away. Exit immediately. <laughs> Test those fire exit doors. If you oh. can't get through them. You're in trouble. I mean, you know what's going to happen next. So, yeah. Yeah, very, very important. That's the uh, lesson I learned from this movie. So, so Quentin Tarantino sets this lineup. Obviously, he plays his movies with some regularity. Not every month. No. Mm-mm. But when a Tarantino film is screening there, yeah. it's a big deal. And they sell out very quickly. Yes. And you sent me... A, it was pretty significant. It was three Fridays in a row at midnight. Inglorious Bastards was going to be screened at the New Beverly. Now, for me, a lot of things were going through my head when I read this. Firstly, uh, Inglorious Bastards is not only my favorite Tarantino film, it's maybe my favorite film ever, truly. And I'm, I, that's not hyperbole. I mm. love this movie top to bottom, truly. Uh, 
I also never ever got to see this film in theaters with an audience, which is crazy to me. I, I that's wild. Yes, I was in college. Uh, I, what's funny is I don't even remember why or what had happened. But well, like you had canceled Tarantino at that point. You were the first person to ever cancel an an artist. Mm. It was two thousand nine. Yeah, you you knew what was coming. And well, said, I I saw Kill Bill and I was concerned about some of those stunts that Emma was doing. I just yes. felt like something's going on here. It's extremely problematic. And again, you were the first like... person to use that word as well. Yeah, you brought out. I popularized it. You yep. canceled yep. people. <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, it's re- I really don't know why I didn't see this movie in theaters. I, but I I certainly did right when it came on digital. I like I don't know. Well, you red boxed it. Oh yeah, immediately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I actually bought the Blu-ray. I'll never forget watching it for the first time. Mm. And it was with a bunch of my college buddies. And I remember looking, we're all looking at each other throughout this film with this look of, are we really watching what I think we're like? We were so smitten by the film. And it was immediately clear that this movie was like next level stuff, even for Tarantino. That just, it was such a fun time watching it with my friends because we were all just like, this is, this is something else. Yeah, it's a special movie. It's It's very special. And so... The idea of watching that in a theater with people, I, I, I really wish I could have had that. So now not only can I have that opportunity, I, I could do it literally at Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino's theater in a theater that is sure to be full of a bunch of QT heads oh, like yeah. ourselves. I've had this experience once already. Mm-hmm. Those that listen to the podcast know two years ago we watched the opening night uh, of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Quentin Tarantino himself in his theater, a raucous environment. It was uh, we it was a party. Got to meet Tarantino. Yeah. It was really something uh, special, and uh, I was just excited to be able to. The idea of watching this film in the company of people that were even just a quarter of that energy mm-hmm. was very exciting to me. Yeah, and so I booked my flight literally minutes later without even asking you <laughs> if you were in town. I honestly thought I was like, look, if either uh, if Aaron's out of town or if that doesn't, like I'm uh, I'm still gonna go and see yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just literally did it and was like, I'm coming. So, you, are you, you with me? You planned. <laughs> exactly. You want to come? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you busy? <laughs> no, you, you made a plan and you stuck to it. And uh, I think, ultimately, it was a good idea. But, no, when you, when you told us mm-hmm. that you were coming, um, you know, Skyler said he wants to come, too. Yep. And our buddy Jeff, we tried to get him to come along, too. Unfortunately, he has much more important matters to take care of. Soon he has his second child on the way, he so he couldn't make it out. But yes. we did; we sorely missed him, and I think uh, you know he, he tried his hardest to be here, but it just didn't work. We'll get out. him for the next Tarantino release. There's going to be more, oh, yeah. and this movie next time he plays again, why not come back out again? Why not? Yeah, why because not? we had such a good time watching this movie in person in his theater that I just can't even recommend it. Enough. Yes, it's, I mean basically everything everything we said about the. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood movie pr- movie premiere in the theater yes. can be said about this movie. Without, you, with the exception of maybe Tarantino wasn't there exactly. in person. Which exactly. It's midnight. Uh, he's, he's a busy man. It's a three-hour movie almost. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> it's, you're watching to the middle of the night. Uh, it, but I will say, of all, like, it's a perfect midnight film, in my opinion. Like, it's ideal. a really good late-night viewing yeah. experience. Uh, so much so that... Uh, I mean, I'm embarrassed to even mention my my miniature model that I own because uh, it makes me sound like a real psychopath. <laughs> but <laughs> but I saw, I saw on Instagram uh, I don't know when this was over a year ago, oh, maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, this person on Instagram had uh, assembled a miniature model of the New Beverly Theater, mm-hmm. and it's it was remarkable work. Yeah, 
And it was like, it was truly stunning. And, He's and a true artist. Yeah, story. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, to the point that the New Beverly account actually, you know, posted photos right. of it because it, was, it looks incredible. So I DM this guy, slid right into the DMs. <laughs> and I said, hey, uh, are you selling that thing? And he's like, I already sold it, but I'll make another one for wow. a price. We talked about the price, had a conversation, agreed upon the price. Mm-hmm. And the dude made me my own miniature. Uh, it's pretty sizable, too, yeah. for a miniature. And it, the detail's incredible. But I got to pick what was on the marquee mm-hmm. of the theater. And so on the right side, I picked... Um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding. My Big Fat Greek... The sequel, actually. <laughs> Yeah, and underneath What's it, instead of movie? instead of the director's name, I put produced by Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Uh, huge fans of theirs. <laughs> Could you imagine? I would love it if the guy responds, "Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not going to make this miniature with my big fat Greek wedding." And too. I'm keeping your money. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, it was a sizable deposit. Sure. Um, yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> I put uh, always on film, which it says all the right. time. Always on film, and then Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is what the marquee said the, yeah. the night that we went to the that showing so i wanted it to be an honor that night now on the other side of the marquee usually they have friday midnight showing and then a, the name of the film and then the and then a saturday midnight yeah. i made on my marquee the friday midnight to be inglorious bastards <laughs> okay and then saturday midnight it, i had it say uh, pulp fiction of course just keeping it all tarantino but i just felt like friday midnight and glorious bastards is the perfect midnight film now when i saw that they were actually going to do a friday midnight showing and yes. that would be on the marquee like prophecy fulfilled from That's my it, miniature i'm doing it, it. I mean, honestly, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit how much that factored into why I bought my ticket so fast, <laughs> but it just felt too serendipitous. It was it meant was to be. Per- the stars perfectly aligned. Yeah. The universe said you must come out here because the universe does speak. And uh, yeah. when you got to the theater, did you, yeah. would you, how would you compare the actual um, details of the building itself, the, the real building versus the details on the model? So this is what's weird is because my model is, is placed on a shelf right above where I work all day yeah. and it's in it's in, at least constantly in my peripheral mm-hmm. but it's in my line of sight most of the day a constant reminder I, I look at that I have looked at that miniature way longer yeah. than I've ever looked at the actual building right, right? Yeah. so seeing it again after having spent a year and a half looking at this miniature was truly stunning because <laughs> there are details that I didn't even realize were included like there's this pipe <laughs> I'm kidding. A pipe that's, I don't know where it goes, what it does, but a random pipe that comes out of the building yeah. for about a foot, goes across for about a foot and goes right back into the building. So you put that in the model. It's in the model. Wow. And then the backsplash, uh, little tile work, yeah, yeah. really detailed in the model, and it's really, really, truly looks that's like, awesome. down to the flyers on the windows yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, I, like standing there, it felt eerie that I was in, like someone used the uh, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids mm-hmm. machine from the third film and the third and, and arguably the best of that <laughs> trilogy. Uh, somebody used the honey I blew up the <laughs> Rick Moranis is that somebody he blew up my miniature right and just yeah. put it right there on uh, whatever street that is I was gonna say Hollywood Boulevard it's Beverly, it's Beverly, Beverly Boulevard, Be- Beverly Boulevard. Yeah. there you go uh, but yeah it was it was wild honestly but, wild yeah did you have the feeling that you were in that welcome to Marwin movie the uh, well, uh, Steve the Steve Carell classic Beagle. yeah Robert Zemeckis Hall of Famer uh, great film uh, it did feel a lot like that I, I looked around and everyone looked like toys. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny? It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it really was wild. Uh, man, it's great being in there, though. They, they put up posters of freaking Glorious it's Bastards. Magic. I don't they, even. They I don't, put up I, a poster of a freaking uh, Frederick Zoller's yep, film, Nation's yep. Pride, which in real life was directed by Eli Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there literally is a poster for that film in <laughs> German. 
which only in that setting yeah. can you hang yeah. and ha- and understand. You know, yeah. otherwise it's very problematic. There's. Have you? Did you see the hand-drawn poster of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, I did. I sure did. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's so yes. cool. And inside the theater yeah. now, I, I assume it's just like this full time. There's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge Nebraska gym poster yep. with Leonardo DiCaprio on yep. it. Like I, which I'm eating all that up. I'm taking yeah. photos of all that stuff. I bought a Cliff Booth T-shirt, mm-hmm. uh, which you, I'm glad you I a did. Cliff Bar. I bought a Cliff Bar. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but uh, dude, it was packed. Sh- sold out showing. Yeah. Uh, I will say it's fascinating watching a movie in that theater with a group of people that have all have seen it. Sure. Right. Versus once upon a time in Hollywood, where we were all experiencing it for the first time. Right. And because of that, it's definitely louder in the energy because you don't know what's happening. You yeah. don't know what's coming. Yeah. The twists and turns, the jokes, and they pop mm-hmm. because there's excitement. Now, there was definitely excitement in the theaters, no doubt. And this is why I went. It absolutely delivered. But what's interesting, and I don't know if you noticed this, but there's this anticipation laughter mm-hmm. before a moment that everyone knows is coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's this weird energy of like, oh, it's nothing. Or like, whether it's a funny bit or a dramatic bit, or you feel that and then it pops. It doesn't pop quite as loud as the first time, but it pops. It's interesting. Yeah, I did notice that. And um, I was thankful that we didn't get the people that were repeating every line of dialogue. Because we did that one Christmas. uh, My wife and I went to see Die Hard there. Oh. There were multiple people repeating the Die Hard lines before they were spoken in the movie. Oh, my God. Extremely annoying. But yeah, we didn't get that. Instead, I think. Were there? Uh, pe- tell me, there were people that were going, Hans, Bubby, <laughs> of course, I'm your were. white knight. <laughs> of course, there were. Yeah, I was hoping that actual guy was there, but he, he didn't show up. Oh, oh, uh, he has yeah. definitely been there though. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. If he's still alive, he has an overdose. Oh uh, my gosh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, going there this past Friday was. I mean, it's magical. It, it is. Yeah. That is the closest thing to Disneyland that I believe in. Oh it's, yeah. It's crazy because you truly get transported as a movie fan as a movie fanatic as someone that's passionate about film and movies in general i mean that is that's mecca i mean oh, it, it is. really is yeah it's like that is the place you want to be you want to experience the movie and yeah the people that were in that movie theater probably have all seen the movie 15 to 20 times yes. like we did yep uh, except for one and we'll put a pin in that oh yeah so we'll, we'll put a pin in that yeah. story yes we will um but yeah there's 300 plus people in there Everyone knows what's going to happen. Everyone knows the, the the plot. The the there's no surprises. We've all been down every twist and turn. Yep. And it still hits. Oh. Everything hits. Everything hits. And to see it play out on that screen. So so the new Beverly was actually closed for renovation prior to the pandemic, and they were closed for a good amount of time, probably yeah. eight plus months. Um, we don't know exactly what they're renovating. I I assumed it was like maybe a new screen, new projector, new sound system. Um, and then we got in there and it looked exactly the same. You couldn't tell the difference. We did it never open like the pandemic hit and pandemic hit and it did not open. So it, it never was, opened it for my literally. Wow. Clo- I want to say, did it close? Did it open for like a month? Maybe like right after, right before. Hmm. Now that I think about it, it might've been open for like a month. It might've been an open for a month post Christmas prior to the shutdown. Um, but anyway, it was closed for the better part of almost two years. Mm. Um, eight months for renovation. The uh, movie theaters were closed in L.A. County um, during after the first lockdown. Um, and then it recently reopened a couple of months ago. And the heat that has been coming out of that lineup is just, it's all bangers. Every oh, my show, gosh. Like, Literally, the movie Heat is playing uh, next exactly, week. Like, it yeah, is, it's incredible. It yeah. 
Um, it, and it is all just, it's A plus, plus, plus stuff constantly. And, um, and it's packed. Every, it's hard to get tickets yep. again, which is awesome because there's so many passionate people. Um, and then when you get there, just to stand in line with other people that are like, they're movie nerds, like yeah. straight up. Like yeah. the people that are there are uh, there to, to watch a movie. Yeah. Um, that they've seen 15 other times That's before. Right. Yeah. That's right. And did uh, you want to talk about the guy in our line? This, that, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. This was, a, it's kind of a throwaway story, but <laughs> what were we, we were, we were having a very, you know, very jokey debate about Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. And for some reason, you know, we're just killing time, Skylar yeah. and, and David and I, and we're just, bantering back and forth half being truthful just half talking out of our ass about jeff goldblum being a, um, a musician a mu musician traveling or, or or a um he was a resident musician at uh some sort of like a bar or something local in la and like famously he's in a band yeah um and you know, I can't remember which one of us said, like, he's, yeah. he doesn't actually play yeah, I, in I, it. Well, I was doing the contrarian yes, bit exactly. where, like, Skylar was stating the fact, and then very confidently, yes. I will, you know, <laughs> I say <laughs> something like, fact. actually, <laughs> what's crazy about that is, is, like, Jeff Goldblum's never played music in front of a live audience ever. That's that's a fact. You know, it's just like, you know, it's a dumb obviously bit. Obviously not it, true. Obviously not it's, true, yes, but I say it very confidently. There's so much video of him actually doing it. Literally. <laughs> Literally, no, this, this gentleman's standing in front of us, bristling while I'm saying this. <laughs> I could see him like turning an ear back as we're having this conversation. Like, just turning his head. He was there by himself. I think his friend showed up later, but sure, he was he was definitely had an ear peeled for what we were talking about. Yeah, and he chimes in and says, "Oh, actually, uh, Jeff's there like six months out of the year." Or something like I he knew. Remember. Well, it was even more specific yeah. than that. Like it was, it was uncomfortable how much he was aware of Jeff Goldblum's schedule. He was like, actually, what he does is he'll do for three months straight at one location. And I'm listening to this guy being like, not only, not, not only was he eager to, to correct the record. Yes. This guy, this dude has a disturbing amount of detail of, of Jeff Goldblum's whereabouts yeah. and what he's doing. Like oh, it was yeah. real, and he was like really like kind of like you guys need to understand. Yes. he does it for three yeah. months at a time. He did, like, <laughs> oh, he did a well actually in real life. Oh, which was yes. amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing to yeah. witness. And we just kind of went with it. It was just like, <laughs> all right, good stuff. Thanks for correcting that. Uh, but that, I but I want to be weirdly enough in a yeah. theater full of people like that that, that care is about the who details. You want to see yes. exactly that literal psychopaths. Loves, <laughs> that dude loves the movie just as much as we do. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure to normal people we come off just like that guy which is fine I, i've got no problem accepting that well okay but you said the the renovation that had taken place right. eight months before the pandemic right but it, it looks basically the same sure. inside which it, i noticed yeah. too it looks the same as when i was there two years ago did you notice any difference technologically absolutely like right off the bat the sound is just incredible i mean it sounds it's incredibly crisp uh so clear it's such a huge improvement over what they had before. And now it's booming. Like you hear every sound effect. It reverber reverberates through your chest. I mean, it's the true immersive experience with the sound. Um, I love what they did with it. Like that's number one. Number two is I personally think that they either got a new projector mm. or uh, a new screen. Because the, the image quality was just blowing me away. Stunning. It's incredibly crystal clear. And this is 35 millimeter film. And we also we also got a short, a Disney yeah, short from yes. originally shot in the 30s or yes. 40s, probably. Um, who knows how old the transfer is to, to film. But it was a, definitely an older, an older uh, print. And it looked incredible. 
it looked really, really good on that screen. Had you seen that cartoon um, before? Never. Okay. That, was, that was really... Well, this is... It's worth noting. Yeah. New Beverly, which were, it sounds like a commercial for the theater, which they have their own podcast, by the way. They should yeah. have us on. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're not listening. Um, every... I, I think... I'm assuming every single screening, mm-hmm. there is a program that's played beforehand, a yeah. short thing, right? Usually the trailers are handpicked. I mean, when we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we got to see this extended look at uh, an episode of, not Lancer, um, Bounty, Law. Bounty Law, yep. which, by the way, not released on That's Blu-ray crazy. or DVD. Yeah. They, they released a version in theaters uh, a little bit later on that included that, uh, yeah. but only for one weekend. So yeah. literally, there's nowhere you can watch that. <laughs> but that played before. Yeah. Uh, it was, so there's always something fun. So in this case, I good, w- too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really oh, I would good. watch a whole season. I'll binge this season for sure. <laughs> But we got this Disney cartoon called Education for Death. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know these were made. In fact, I just, as I was starting, I was so confused trying to figure out what was happening. But Disney was basically asked to make these animated propaganda short films, basically like trying to educate people on how evil the Nazis are, which is obviously you know, a worthwhile endeavor. But using Disney characters, scenes, mm-hmm. redrawing uh, scenes from was like Sleeping Beauty yeah. and other things... But, but then also doing these caricatures of Adolf Hitler and yeah. the Nazi, and just seeing a swastika across Disney. Like, this is the golden age, the yeah. era of these classic Disney animators. Right. And they're drawing Nazi imagery. So seeing yeah. their, their art form applied in that way. And, of course, these are primarily Jewish anime. You know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it was really remarkable to see. I had no idea they ever made that. I mean, I, it's really incredible. It's really interesting. Um, short, considering Walt's views. Yeah, uh, yeah ooh, I know. Uh, had to twist his uh, arm. Uh-oh. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, side project. Yeah. <laughs> they had to sneak that one by Whoopsies. him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Walt, check out these swastikas. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like keep it up, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Little bull. Don't I like it. Don't tell them what the rest of the story's about. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's all about, like, um, it follows the, the birth of a child, and, and it goes through yeah. how he's born into the, uh, the Nazi regime, and he becomes the tool of the, the Nazi uh, authoritarian state. And really crazy. Yes, yeah, and it's pure, pop, pre- pure propaganda yeah. from the perspective of Amer- the West, America, um, Trying to get you, trying to scare you into waking up about what uh, the Nazis are up to. And it worked, by the way. It absolutely Dude, works. It's great. Yeah, it's really, no. really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. And it's funny, too. Like, that's the weird part of it. It, it turns into, like, it scares you in the beginning. Yes. It's very straightforward and yep. stern. And then it turns into, like, a slapsticky Hitler. Well, they, yeah, they, yeah, they do what, what Mel Brooks has mm-hmm. done, where they do the buffoonery of Adolf Hitler, which is one of the right. great ways of taking down a strongman right. dictator like that or whatever, you know, is just making him look like a complete imbecile, mm-hmm. which they do in that cartoon. And yeah, to very effective results. Yeah, yeah. It's on, that's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting to see that before the, no. before the movie. No. Uh, so that was a nice little treat. Yeah, and we got some trailers of other Tarantino projects and um, it's really just the perfect setup to to watching Glorious Bastards in that setting. Oh, man, it was... Dude, I love... I, I, so I haven't been to the New Beverly as many times as you have. I think this is my third movie I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Dick Tracy, which, of course, yeah. got to start with there. Uh, and then was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then now this. I will say, though, the sound system is very obviously mm-hmm. different. Definitely. Even only, only having been yeah. twice before. Yeah. Also, the, the theater... I mean, it's, it's the seats are comfortable. It's nice enough, but it's not like the state of the, it doesn't look state of the art inside, right? It just looks like a, by design. Exactly. It looks like a classic movie theater of a certain era Mm -hmm. and you don't expect the sound to sound the way it does. So in that opening act, there's, uh, you know, 
when some guns are fired and some other things are happening, like, the the sound system was rocking. Yeah. Like it was, uh, I actually couldn't believe the sound yeah. that was coming out. Uh, you just wouldn't imagine it to be as powerful as it is, and it it, it just enhanced the well, experience. Well, the scene where the the guards come in and just shoot yes, the yes, that's that's the one. That is. It was crazy. Yes. It was startling yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and loud. It's, scary. And it's, it's really scary. scary. Yeah, um, yeah. But and then also, you can, talk, you can always tell the mark of a good sound system by how it handles the low end, or excuse me, the softer mm-hmm. um, volume. Uh, oh, yeah. Sound effects versus the high end or the louder stuff. And, of course, there's quiet moments in that first scene. There's whispers, and all that is crystal clear. All of it is comes through perfectly. Um, yeah, man, that's that opening scene is just... I can't believe I've seen it so many times and it still rocks me. It is still just like the pinnacle. I think it's one of the best things he's Tarantino's ever written, directed. Uh, everything about it is perfect. So he wrote that opening scene. That's uh, uh, the chapter. Yes. Uh, which we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> we have a little exercise. We are going to do an exercise. Yeah. But that opening chapter, he had written five years before he finished the, that okay. script. He had written it. He knew the characters of Hans Landa, uh, played by Christoph Waltz. Uh, he knew that it was the bastard's basic storyline, but he hadn't really written out the script. He wrote that. He shelved it. I think he made, uh, may have been even, I think it might have been even 12 years ago. It was a long time ago, because mm-hmm. I think he went on and made either his Kill Bill, um, but he made like two more movies before he revisited it and decided to actually make it. But the fact that that set, sat on the shelf, that opening sequence for years, that writing, which Crazy. is some of the best writing ever yep. in the opening yep. of any film, really incredible yep. stuff. And the performance, it's a masterpiece. The whole movie is, but that, that sequence is really something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact he sat on that, only to revisit it and to continue <laughs> going. If I wrote something that good and thought, I'll just revisit this, mm. like, that's nuts. That's yeah. truly nuts. I wonder what he thinks when he puts something like that together. When he puts pen to paper and it, he actually sees it come to life out of his head. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's another layer of when he actually shoots it. Yeah. And how happy it, he is versus what he thought originally and when he wrote yeah. it down and, you know, when he turned it into a script and all that. But, man, I don't understand how it could be better than, than the way it plays out. Oh, I, I don't know. think you can improve upon that. Anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do know. I remember when he wrote uh, or hearing him talk about when he wrote that sequence, the storyline was going to follow uh, much more Shoshana's mm-hmm. character, which obviously she's still one of the main characters. Yeah. But like it was actually about her kind of just wreaking havoc, almost like bastard style. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and like she was like the superhero Got character. It. That was that was kind of the general gist of the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it obviously expanded beyond that uh, to include a lot more stuff. But I, I, I want to talk specifically about this movie because, like I said at the top, maybe my favorite movie of all time. Uh, it's some of the best writing I've ever seen in the movie, some of the best acting I've ever seen in a movie. It has everything I've ever wanted in a movie. It is funny. It is terrifying. There's literally an Alfred Hitchcock movie in the middle of it, uh, like a suspense thriller mm-hmm. that's truly edge-of-your-seat thriller right. stuff. Uh, and then it does this fantastical thing where it just does, it's a movie that does whatever it wants. And as a kid, I always dreamed of making World War II movies with my friends where mm-hmm. we just change the storyline to do whatever we want because yeah. you can do whatever you want in movies, you know? That, exactly. And that just seeing Tarantino literally do that and be like, I don't know, do whatever I want. <laughs> also, I'm literally going to have <laughs> movies save the war, save right. the world. Exactly. It's a, you know, it's a little ham-fisted of in some ways, but I love yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but now that, you know, having just watched it again, I want to I dive into several things. I want to talk about... Um, 
after because it's been out now for uh, 15 years 2009 2009 yep so I want to talk about what has stood the test of time performances what what did you notice more on this viewing um, and so th- I want you to think about that sure. yeah. before we do that though we have an exercise that you alluded we to we do so this movie is split up into five chapters yes and you get a little uh, a title card after every before each chapter. Now you've seen the movie how many times? Estimate. Oh, gosh, so it's tough because I can't watch just one scene or one yeah, chapter. Because yeah. sometimes I'll do that. I'll revisit yeah. a chapter and I will watch the rest of the movie. Sure, you get sucked right in. I've seen the movie. Um, honestly, I've seen it fifty plus times. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I believe that. Now, if I had to ask, if I asked you, can you name all five chapters? Can you do it? <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I'm confident with four. All right. Uh, let's see if I'll remember the fifth one. Can I, you do okay, them in so, order? All right. First one is Once Upon a Time in Nazi-Occupied France. Ba- bam. Number, Nailed that one. Number two is The Bastards or Inglorious Bastards. Bam. Got that one. Okay. And that's the intro of Brad Pitt's character with all those people. Yep. And let's see. We go through and then then this is where it gets tricky because there's one right before the last two that I'm confident of. Mm-hmm. This is the one that, um, let's see, it goes back to um, Shoshana and uh, this is where we meet Frederick Zoller, that whole section. So mm-hmm. it's this name chapter. By the way, do you know, did you know all of them? No way. So it's I just mean, for I me. Okay. I could have maybe got So three. let's put a pin in that one. Yeah. The next one is Operation Kino is chapter is. four. Yes, okay. chapter four is Operation, is Operation Kino. Kino. Yes. Okay. Um, which, by the way, means I think Kino is literally German for film. Yes, which, it is. Bad, bad secret operation title. Yeah. I think that uh, you want something that's a little <laughs> bit more, <laughs> you know, not uh, easy. A little on the nose. I think, uh, I think they <laughs> kind of the give, code break, You don't away. need to bring in the code breakers <laughs> to figure out what the operation is concerning. Uh, and then, let's see, chapter five is Revenge of the Giant Face. Damn, yeah. Got it. Okay, but what's chapter three? Chapter three. Uh, don't tell me, don't tell I me, don't tell me. I think you can get this one. Okay, is he, uh, yeah, I can? Yeah, I think you can get this one. Oh, freak. Um, so it's pre-Kino. Um, it's, this has got to be mostly, it's related to Shoshana. It is? It's, it's in cinema, okay. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, any hints? Well, think about what she, the way, the way that the scene starts, the way the chapter starts is Shoshana meeting. Meeting Frederick Soler. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, For the, is it the cinema or the premiere or no? Uh, it is. It is. Oh, uh, what? But the, the chapter name. Night at the movies. No. Oh, close. That's close. Night at the cinema. It's German night in Paris. German night in Paris. German Dang night it, German night in Paris. Paris. Oh, that's right. Because she's got the Pabst. That's yes, exactly. And Lenny Riefenstahl. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That was, man, that was really good. Not bad. That was about 4.25. Out 4.25. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So that's right. German night in Paris. That's awesome. That's a nice great. work. So let's rank them, actually. Do. We have to. Uh, let's talk. So German night in Paris starts with her up on the marquee that's and Frederick right. Zoller coming down. Yeah. Then it goes to her um, plotting how to. Yeah. Well, well, she gets sucked into the whole premiere. Yes. So she sees Frederick Zola the next day. Yeah. And at the restaurant, everyone recognizes him. And she's like, oh, my gosh, rolling her eyes. Yes. Then she's yeah. back up at the marquee again. And then August Diel, who we see yes. later, uh, Hellstrom, Dieter yep. Hellstrom, mm-hmm. um, comes to pick her up, basically forces her to go to that cafe to meet Goebbels. Yes. And then she has that conversation with Hans Landa. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's basically all of... And then afterwards, they go to the theater to yes. view a movie, and he gets upset about the reference to, was it uh, Lillian Harvey or something? Yes, or yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then she has a conversation with Marcel about burning the whole place down. Right, exactly. That's, and then that's it. Then it goes to Operation Keynote. Yes, it does. Okay. That's right. I've seen this movie a lot, but I didn't yeah. know the freaking German Nine Paris. German okay. Nine Paris. I would have never guessed that one. <laughs> Revenge uh, of the Giant Face, for some reason, doesn't even like, ring a yeah. bell with me either. Oh, but really? Yeah, you got that one. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Wow. I'm, I'm still upset at myself for not getting the one. Oh. Uh, okay, but let's... Should we, do we need to walk through each chapter? Quick? I think so. Okay, just so. Just as a refresher. Once Upon a Time in Nazi-Occupied France. Mm-hmm. This that is, is we the know opening scene we just talked it's about. It's the dairy farm. We know what happens yes. here. Yeah. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Introduction of the Bastards. Legendary scene. Then we with, see the scalping scene. Yep, yep, yep. The bear, introduction of the bear Jew. Yes. Um, Hitler getting upset and yes. seeing the soldier with the swastika carved into his forehead. Yeah. Um, and that's basically it. Yeah, I was, I'm pretty sure that's the end of the okay. chapter. Then we just went through the, the third one. Yeah. Uh, four, Operation Kino yes. opens with uh, Michael Fassbender and Mike Myers, Mike Myers yes. and Rod Taylor as Winston yes. Churchill. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant casting. <laughs> um, and then everything in the underground bunker. Yeah. yeah uh, can we just talk about that meeting between uh, Churchill and Mike Myers? And, yeah, I think and you Fassbender. and I feel differently about this. Well, you know what? I think it's an amazing exchange. Okay. Okay. I think it's incredible. Okay. I think some of the best little like quips I love it. are in that yes. in that exchange in that exchange between those three. Fastbender, you know what like we talked about things we noticed more yeah. um on our re- our subsequent viewings. In this viewing for me, Fastbender's performance just really popped. He's so like, good. He of course I appreciated what he did in this movie. I think he was great. But for whatever reason this time watching it I felt like, man, I wish I would have seen more Fastbender because he's so good. He's so good. He's incredible. Even like his line deliveries when he's like quipping back and forth with oh, Mike yeah. Myers. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just really yeah. funny stuff. And Down with Hitler. <laughs> All the way down, sir. Yeah. It's when really he's good. He's explaining uh, uh, how Goebbels has been effective and <laughs> yes. his. And oh man, just gosh, it's really good. It's so he's like, good. When you talk about Goebbels, doesn't view himself so much as Louis B. Mayer yes, and more yes, like David O. Selznick. Yes, yes. And then that, that's brief what causes, him. yes. <laughs> Winston Churchill's soul to yeah, that yeah. brief him. With the cigar in his head. Perfect. Yeah, so where we differ is um, I do not care for the performance of Mike Myers okay, in that, yeah. in that uh, sequence there. Yeah. But people love him, and I understand that. I understand that. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a little hammy. Uh, the only issue I see is that. If he hadn't done Austin Powers, then probably because I do remember the first time I saw it, there's certain words he said. Where I'm like, well, that sounds like Austin Powers it saying really, it because of the does. British accent. Yes. And that's a bummer. But the more I've watched it, the more I the less I also, ha- care. I, yeah. I have an issue with the amount of like prosthetics they use. on him. It's a distur- it's a distracting amount. Yeah. Sure. yeah. But again, that's because I know what Mike Myers that, looks like. That's I why guess. he's doing that. Yeah. He doesn't want people to see Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I do. Like For me, it's like a sore thumb. Sort of thumb. I hear Mike well, Myers. No, a lot him. of people did not know that was oh, Mike I know, Myers. I yeah. Know. Yes. yeah. But for me, it's just like, I just uh, cannot stand him anymore. I think that's what <laughs> so, it is. <laughs> like the snows of yesteryear is gone from this earth. Yeah. You know, I would have just <laughs> loved anyone else other than him in that role. Saying uh, those same lines would be fine. But yeah. 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 Uh, Bridget Van Hamersmark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always want. I want more excuses just to say the words Bridget von Hamersmark I mean, in a surprising like. Yes. Bridget von Hamersmark's working for the Britain. Well, I think Tarantino felt the same way, and he wrote her name out a million times just so he could sure hear did. It. He was very proud of that name. <laughs> yeah, he's great at names though. Yes, D- Dieter Hellstrom, Bridget von Hamersmark, one of the best. Archie Hickox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. He's yeah. good. Aldo Reigns is Aldo a fan- Reigns great. Fantastic. Uh, it's name. really really good. Yeah yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So that's Operation Kino, right. chapter uh, four. Yes. Chapter five, Revenge of the Giant Face, opens with the, the Bowie song. Yes. That some yeah. criti- criticize as being uh, anachronistic, anachronistic, which sure, sure. I heard Tarantino say, it's not. It's not anachronistic because she's not playing the song right. in the scene exactly. from a record. This is my Tarant- QT performance. He gets all defensive and he starts talking yes. and he yeah, starts yeah, stuttering, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he's like, if I'm playing it over it, that's my soundtrack for the mood. They're not playing it in the era on it. You know, <laughs> so funny that he defends on these a things. Control the uh, record player. By the way, I'm fine if Shoshana yeah. wants to listen to Bowie yes. in 1945 why or 44. Yeah, why, why not? not? Go for it. <laughs> anyway, so it opens with her getting ready in the yeah. red dress. And then it has these flashbacks, uh, or, you know, to preparing the message that she's yes, going to have for it. uh, exactly. the uh, people attending the premiere. Yeah. And then basically everything with, um, yeah, the Italian. Right. Oh, gosh, some of the funniest stuff. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then, of course, uh, the, the bloody end. Uh, yeah. Wh- what's your f- – I want to know what your favorite is, and then so, let's rank them. Okay, so um, the tavern sequence is in, in Chapter 5, right? Uh, tavern is Operation Kino. That's, oh, it is in Operation Kino. Okay, four. okay. Yeah. So that's ta- that's – so I would say for me, um, ranking best to worst, probably number chapter one is the best. I think that's like one of Tarantino's best mm. moments of his career. I think that's career defining. Uh, number two is probably Operation Kino because um, you do get the the tavern sequence, which I absolutely love. I, I again seeing that sequence again on screen like that made it love me even uh, made me love it even more. Um, it's that is just incredible work. <sighs> There's so many people doing A plus work in that scene. In Kino? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spe- specifically the tavern. Um, yeah, just great performances all around. So that's probably number two for me. Number three is probably uh, the Inglorious Bastards intro, we get, where we get to chapter two, where we get to meet the bastards. Um, I would say three is German Night in Paris, oh. uh, because I do like the relationship that uh, Shoshana. That'd be four, German Night in Paris. Yeah, yeah excuse yeah. me. Uh, no, what well, German Nine and German Nine oh, Paris is chapter, is chapter three, chapter but it's your fourth exactly. rank. Yes, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I love that the back and forth that the uh, Shoshana and Frederick Zoller have. Daniel Brühl's so good. He's really, really good. He's so good. And then uh, chapter five, just because it, there has to be a fifth one. So, so this is tough for me, man. Uh, I've got like three way tie. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to say Operation Kino is my favorite. Okay. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect yeah. from top to bottom. It yep. begins, it's a movie in and of itself. It really is. And yeah. it has a beginning and an ending. There's a brief of mission, the mission happens, and then there's this, the bloody end. Um, I love it because all the reasons I said, this is the Hitchcock film in the middle yes. of it, right? The, the, totally the, is. Like, you can take two people at a restaurant uh, talking at a table and put a bomb underneath mm-hmm. that table, and you have you know, a, th- a thriller or whatever, you know, whatever the idiom is. Mm-hmm. Um, Fassbender who, it's worth noting, was up for the part of Hans Landa mm. all the way to the end because he had all the things that, uh, <laughs> that Tarantino wanted, not just being a good actor. He could speak English, mm-hmm. German, mm-hmm. French, all fluently. And he, uh, he didn't get the part. He was devastated. I'm sure he oh, would yeah. have crushed it, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure he, he would have been, been great. so good. He would have been fantastic. The, unfortunately for him, literally the very best person on the planet played mm-hmm. the role. There's only one person probably that could have played it better than him, yeah. and they found that person. Yeah. And no one could have done what Christoph Waltz no. did. Not one other person. No. And so I'm, I'm glad that Waltz obviously got that part. It's an iconic part in cinema, and it will be forever. But I'm glad that... Fassbender got to cook he does. here in this he role. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he gets a whole chapter. He is the yes. star of that chapter. Absolutely. And I didn't know him 
uh, I'd not seen him in any movies before in Glorious Bastards. So I was mm-hmm. unaware of his name or who he was. But I do remember the, one of my reactions upon the first time seeing it since, you know, he dies at the end of this right. chapter. Being sad, so sad that we didn't get more of that character because yeah. he's so good. Absolutely. Uh, I've said this many times on the pod, but his line about going out, if he doesn't mind if he got speaking to kings <laughs> and how there's a special rung in hell for people who waste good scotch. Yeah. It's just absolute masterwork writing from Quentin Tarantino. Really, really good stuff. I love the tension of them going in. It's very simple here. Going in, meet Bridget von Hammersmack, Bridget von Hammersmack, Mm -hmm. and and walk out. That's it. This is not not meant to be anything more than meeting up and immediately leaving. But right when they get down there, it's like, well, it would look suspicious if you just left. You have to have a drink. And then you're like, oh, no, don't. You get, you know, the part starts pounding because you're like, you just need to get out. That's all you have to do is walk up that little spiral staircase and mission accomplished with the rendezvous. But the minute the uh, conversation gets extended because of Wilhelm and this whole, like, you know, drunken boorish behavior Mm -hmm. about his, uh, gone on about his son having just been born. Mm -hmm. And then the moment... When the other Nazi officer, played by August Deal, uh, this is Dieter Hellstrom, notices the accent, and then he does the cutaway to this room we didn't know existed in the back. We've got this big old boot yep. of, 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 of ale. And he <laughs> comes up, and he starts asking questions. And this is when you know, oh, boy, this is all gone south. Yes, like, exactly. There's but, no way they're getting There's no out way of this. This is, there's getting out of this. Yeah. But how is it going to unfold? Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable stuff. Even yeah. though I know now how it's going to end. It's still incredible to watch. Yeah, you know what's really genius about that scene is I'd have to go back and actually like check, but I think there's a couple points before they get to that where where if different decisions were made, um, they could have gotten out of it just unscathed. And we know specifically there's one where they say, let's just get out of here. And yeah. then, uh, what's her name? Bridget, says Van, uh, yeah. Bridget, Bridget Van Van Hammers, Hammers, yeah. She says, we have to stay for a drink or we're going to look suspicious. That's when you know. That's one for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like there's at least one other moment where they could have turned off and yeah. basically like a, a freeway or a highway where you could have taken the exit and you yeah. would have been fine. But and because they, they missed it, um, for they do end reasons. up, yeah, they end up, um, dying. dying. Essentially. Yeah. That's it. And Everyone but Bridget Van Hammers broke yes. that room. Now she, yeah. next day she was yeah, yeah, yeah. done anyway. So. No, so what's my second favorite is the question. Now, yes, it's yeah. hard not to say the opening sequence. It's perfect. Yeah. So you have Operation Kino is perfect. Opening sequence is perfect. Those have got to be my one, two. Now, next, I, it's really hard. I love so much of German Night in Paris has the strudel scene. Yeah. That's remarkable stuff, yep. uh, f- especially from Melanie Laurent, mm-hmm. who is so good. And she's terrified to talk to Hans Landa. And yet still takes a moment to appreciate yep. how good that strudel is <laughs> with the cream. Got to wait for the cream. The creme. Um, Does she drink her milk, though? So, well, this is a question I asked you last night. I want to re- revisit this. Yeah. And it is a debate uh, in Should online uh, amongst cinema cinephiles. Yeah. Is whether or not Hans Landa knew that that was Shoshana, the girl that he let run away in the opening sequence. Yeah. And people, the argument to people that say he did know is that he orders her a glass of milk. And Uh he does it in a way that's very, like he doesn't let her order a drink. He goes, oh, and she'll have a glass of milk. And then the look on her face, she gets wide-eyed like, oh, okay. Some people think that's just, you know, he didn't know and that's just like a dramatic effect. Other people are like, no, that's him him being, because he's very theatrical. If we learned anything in the opening scene is he's very performative. He brings out his pipe, his Sherlock Holmes pipe, Mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't even look like he knows exactly like how to use properly, but it's his way of being like, I'm a detective (laughs) and I'm on on to you. It's it's a bit of theater. 
And so it's like, is he just toying with her? And then at the end of the conversation, he goes, oh, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about, but I, I can't remember. <laughs> and it's like, well, what was that other thing? Right. They never actually say. So sure. I personally feel like he definitely knew it was her. Yeah, the more I think about it, I think he does, and he's just playing cat and mouse with her. Because we find out, as it, it all devolves, that he was looking for a way out. Yeah. So he wanted out of, he knew the Nazis were going to lose, mm-hmm. and he wanted to secure his bag, and he wanted to get out safely. And so um, maybe this was his plan all along. And once he heard that uh, they were trying to move it to this new location and he thought, all right, now here's here's the moment. Um, She's probably working uh, her own plan to 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 kill these people. Um, And so now we can work together. We can we can find a a genuine or we can find a a joining um, like some overlap between what we want. He, He yes. I think he was wise enough to see the writing on the wall, how things were yes. where things were headed in the war, and thought if I could get out of this and yeah. uh, get some land on Nantucket. <laughs> well, yeah, he, that was his plan. And he did. He pulled it off. So, so anyway, I love that scene. Amazing. I love in Revenge of the Giant Face every the funniest, some of the funniest stuff in there yep. in the cinema with the Italian stuff and the way Hansland is toying with them. We know that he knows that mm-hmm. they, that they were at the bar the night before. And so the way he's asking Bridget von Hammersmark about her <laughs> injury yeah. and she says mountain climbing and he laughs in a way that is not I'm laughing because you broke it rocket climbing. It's laughing like you've had time to come up with a way to lie to me. And this is the you're going to say he has to step away. He's laughing so hard being like unbelievable that you thought this was the excuse. And the way that they're, you know, yeah. Aldo Rain and uh, the bastards looking at each other like, oh, yep, we're totally got here. Like they all knew it's like we're he's screwed. totally. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, and then everything from him asking them to repeat their names in Italian, which mm-hmm. is which got big laughs in the theater. Very Antonio Margarete. He's like, let me hear the music in it, you know. And he has them do it, just the look on their faces. And then Dominic DeCoco. Oh, I love it. So I love that. Obviously, the ending's great. I love the master. Uh, this just might be my masterpiece. I know that's a commentary from Tarantino, but I agree yep. with him. It is his masterpiece. But I'm going to say my third favorite is The Inglorious Bastards. And that's because of the scene where the, with the scene with the bear Jew. Yeah. But specifically, Aldo Rain, Brad Pitt, in that scene is so funny to me. His interaction with the uh, German officer that's about to die and uh, him asking me to point out on the map where the German forces are on the road. And he's like, you can't expect me to divulge information that put Germans lives. Well, that's where you're wrong, Warner. That's exactly what I expect you to do. (laughs) And that in the whole uh, Donnie, (laughs) we got a German who wants to die for country. Uh. Oblige him. (laughs) And then I think maybe the loudest laugh, correct me if I'm wrong here, the loudest laugh I think in the entire screening was when he said... uh, now, if you know anything about us, you know we're not in the business of taking, you know, taking prisoners. Yep. You know, we're in the killing Nazi business. And, cousin, business is a booming. <laughs> the place went Rockets. bonkers. Yeah, like, yeah, it was really. A so yeah, that's reaction. my third favorite. I'm going to go with that. Um, Brilliant stuff. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, four or five, pick your poison. I think I'll go my fourth favorite. I'm going to go Revenge of the Giant Face. Okay. And then uh, German Empires. Sure. Last, you know, anyway. Yeah. Want to talk about the bastards? Got to. We have to. I think. They're the heart and soul of the movie, aren't they? Who are the bastards? Tell me about the. What do you know about the actors who play the bastards? Uh, so I just recognize them as being other actors, or uh, so like B.J. Novak and Sam Levine. I've seen them in other stuff. Paul Rust, I know. Um, I didn't know him at the time, but I've seen him in, in the show and Netflix show Love, which I absolutely love. Mm. Well, Skyler and I are big fans of that show, um, and uh, so I don't really know um, specifically why they were cast. 
but I, it seems like there's a reason that Tarantino picked those guys. They were writers. Okay. Obviously, they're all Jewish because they're you know they need well, to be except for, for Paul part. Rust. He's Paul, actually, is he not? He's not. And oh. they, they actually he's actually mentioned that. He mentions it's a joke in the movie in the show Love. Oh. Yeah. He says everyone thinks I'm Jewish, but I'm, I'm Italian. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, okay. I know. I know. Uh, but they're all writers to some yeah. Uh, yeah. all experience being writers, if not actually acting. Some of them, a lot of them, then both. Um, yes, but it's also interesting because only a few of them really get time That's for right. us to get to know them. Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite? Well, um, just you know, I would be. I think we're meant to to be fans of Donnie Donowitz, uh, the Bear Jew. Yep. I think he's you know either Eli the Roth's character is meant to be like he's. The number one bastard. Other That's right. Alderaan. Second in command. Yeah, exactly. Um, the big scary guy. But my personal favorite is, uh, uh, what's his name? Omar Doom. Omar Doom. Omar Doom, the guy who plays Dominic DeCoco. Yeah. Uh, that's his, his only line in the, in the movie. Well, he says, yeah, when, uh, when Alderaan says, I speak the first most Italian, uh, Donnie speaks the second most, Omar speaks the third most. There He's like, go. I don't speak Italian. He's like, like I said, third most. <laughs> you just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Very, very funny. And his his little moment to shine uh, is that Dominic DeCoco with uh, the Dominic DeCoco exchange with Hans so Wanda. It's so funny. Very, very, very funny. Because well, he makes Brad Pitt and Eli Roth repeat it <laughs> because he knows they can't. Their pronunciation is bad. Yes. And he knows they don't actually aren't yes. Italian. But with Dominic, the one guy we know, it just had been established, does not speak Italian. Yeah. He only has him say it twice and does the bravo. Like, yes. like actually, you did a Pats really good job. And it's so condescending <laughs> yes, because absolutely. he's communicating like, yeah. I know you're Americans. Yeah. I know you can't actually speak yes. Italian. Yeah. But your accent, bravo, that was actually yeah. pretty good. Like, yeah. And that's a, that's, a great, that's a great little moment. And he actually has a funny little bit where uh, towards the end where Eli Roth calls him over. Uh, out of the seat, you know, when they have the trouble oh, getting into yes. the seats. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're just like, why do you think Tarantino put that part? I, I've thought about this because you could easily cut away to them just walking out of the theater. And you just assume they walked, but he yeah. takes time, both them getting in, having to excuse, excuse, excuse. I, and then like they're tripping over themselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's a long shot of Omar leaving it's very long and he falls yeah. over and he gets up and they're all, everyone He's just making yeah. a huge, it was, was this commentary on I, movie theater i don't i don't necessarily think it has a bigger message than he just wanted a like a slapstick moment yeah because it's really funny it's very funny it's very physical comedy um and it almost turns the that moment like that whole sequence into a farce a little bit because it's like they're stepping on people's toes they're saying excuse 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 bad italian yeah uh yeah so well and and if you consider what they're on they're literally he's Mm -hmm. trying to get him up on their way to go kill hitler yes so it's funny that he's just trying to like make his way out to go end the war and (laughs) kill one of the most like famous bad guys ever uh but also all of us have been at sporting events or movie theaters where you really have to get out and there's a lot of people in your way and very little room and it sucks oh yeah it sucks it's it's never good but yeah so I, I just thought he was awesome he's Omar great. Doom he's is so the name good. of the actor yeah. oh, he, he's good very pick. he's very great in his, his little part <laughs> oh see I I wanted to come up with something clever here because uh, there's some of these the bastards that don't have lines like Paul Rust yes Sam Levine has very few lines um, some some of the bastards you only see very very briefly right um, but I'm gonna go with the the, the one German born mm-hmm. there was an Austrian born uh, Wilhelm Vecchi who's in the ta- in the tavern um, mm-hmm. And as well as the actor Till Schweiger, who plays Hugo Stieglitz. Uh, everyone in the German name has heard of Hugo Stieglitz. 
he is so funny so funny in the his like serious traumatized absolute like murder eyes you know where he's just like ruthless he gets his he's the only of the bastards who gets a backstory in video form we hear about the bear jew but like he actually gets a montage um and apparently till schweiger is a pretty big deal in germany Mm -hmm. uh he's a big actor he's made a ton of stuff very famous and everything with him in that sequence but more specifically in operation kino where you just see him brooding in fact they do do this cutaway of him getting whipped halfway through which was interesting because i've always wondered why there other than to just communicate that his blood is boiling beneath the surface um you got to remind me what causes him to have that uh what is what is he what what part is that? What sequence is that? It's at, so he's sitting at the table while while uh, uh, Dieter Hellstrom's oh, talking, yes. okay. and it just shows him looking straight yes. ahead, and it's slowly zooming in, and then yes. it cuts away to the whips. So I thought, and I was thinking about this. Um, so um, that Nazi is an officer, and we know that uh, Hugo Stiglitz killed thirteen officers, and so he has a special hatred for Nazi officers, yeah, not our German officers. Um, so I think. Well, what, yeah. Whatever reason, sitting next to that guy, having that guy talk to him the way that he did, yeah, yeah. Um, really just set him off. It, so it basically brought him back to the trauma that fueled the other 13 murders that yeah. he pulled off. So Which, I, 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 yeah. And they, they, they build up that point yes. uh, right beforehand yeah. when uh, Michael Fassbender's character first meets him. And he's like, if things go south, I can trust you to keep calm. And he's like, right. I don't look calm. And you know, then he goes to Alderaan. He's like, uh, uh, Hugo Stiglitz is not the loquacious type. He's like, is that what you need? The loquacious type? <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to put it that way. So you know that the dude is just brooding. Yeah, he's a ticking time bomb. And he's got the great line. Yep. When he puts the gun into the, the guy sitting next to him right into his crotch and says, at this range, I'm a real Frederick Zoller, is incredible. <laughs> like, so funny. Oh, he goes out with a great line. So he's my favorite. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's so awesome. funny. He's awesome. Oh, so good. Oh, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, one, a couple other things I want to talk about uh, as it relates. We've got a couple. How long have we been going, by the way? I usually don't have the time. I want to make sure yeah. I don't go too long. Uh, We're at uh, 58. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll go. I was going to say, let's talk some of the other supporting performances, but maybe we've hit those. Yeah, I think, I think we have. I think we've hit, like, basically uh, all the key points. Well, then let's – yes. So uh, – well, I want to talk about uh, two other moments of our trip here this weekend, and I'll try to be brief here. One is we decided to do a little bit of uh, touristy driving around L.A., seeing a couple. We did. Yes. We did. I, I, you know, and that was partly my plan, too. I typically do not go for the touristy stuff. I stay away from Hollywood in general um, because it doesn't like that's not the L.A. I know. But when people come into town, I do like to give them the experience, especially with my, my movie buddies. Skyler and David come in. I said, uh, or I don't know who had the idea, but basically we came up with the idea to go visit the actual location where um, we wanted to, to visit a location from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Cielo Drive, where the mm-hmm. murders happened. Yeah. Um, we wanted to go to the actual spot, which yep. is in the movie and, it, you know, in real life where it happened, uh, which is a little dark, but hmm. it's, a, it's a famous, like yeah. it's a famous location. Um, so we did. We wanted to do that, and then we wanted to see the actual exterior houses, um, the Rick Dalton and uh, Roman Polanski and Roman Polanski's house from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so that was like our plan to hit those two things. Yeah, and then we, and then on uh, between that, mm-hmm. we figured out that uh, there was going to be some sort of 
it was like a promotional tour for the TV show Hacks, which yes. is like, it seems like a kind of a weird thing to mix in when we're on this uh, Tarantino weekend. But all three of us are fans of the movie Hacks. Yes. Or like, the show Hacks. Yes. Yeah, sorry. The, the HBO, so it's the HBO, HBO Max show. Yeah. I watched it. Even though none of the promotion or the thumbnails on the app made it feel like it was something for me. I watched it, loved it, kept talking about it to you guys. Constantly. You guys obliged yeah. me. You watched it next, and then Skylar watched it. And you yeah. guys both liked it too. Totally. I think it was brilliant. It's, it's great. It's really, really funny. It's the best the funniest new show of the of the year. It's so good. Hands down, as far as I'm concerned. And um yeah, so I I think Skylar was on social media and he saw that there was gonna be uh so it was a hacks comedy tour. That's it. Hacks is comedy they tour. It. It's yes. One stop on the tour. <laughs> and that's on Sunset Boulevard uh, yeah. outside of the comedy store. That's right. That's um, right. An, uh, an institution. So do you want to go Joe to Joe Rogan? Do you want to go to the hacks or you want to? Well, I think. Well, uh, yeah. So like just the whole day, how, how it played yeah, out. Is yeah. we, we went to uh, we saw the actual street where the Tate LaBianca murders. Happened. Which I was surprised. They use, so that whole road they use. All like almost all the way up Cielo Drive until mm-hmm. you start to get maybe three quarters of the way up. That location changes to a yes. different cul-de-sac about 20 minutes from on the other side of the Hollywood Hills. Yes. And then that road, like the road you see um, at the end of the film, Brad Pitt walking Brandy up. Yes. That's the same road as where the house is in the movie that you see. But that's not Cielo Drive. Right. But when you see him driving on his way out, both the Polanski scene with uh, Sharon Tate when they're driving their nice car down that road really fast right. and then you see Cliff Booth, that road is Cielo Drive. I, I was surprised to see kind of the mix I that know, they had done it's there. Pretty, it's pretty surreal, like, driving up there because, first of all, it's, like, directly from the movie. Directly. It looks, like it, it looks it, exactly it like looks it's like from the movie. Uh, Brad Pitt was peeling out uh, yep. around turning this hairpin turn. And then on top of that, it's also, like, where some infamous murders happened. Yes. And as you drive up that street, oh it's very gosh. narrow. The street is extremely narrow. It's dark. It's dark. It, this, we went in the middle of the day. And it was dark. And it was eerily dark. It was weird. Truly scary stuff. Yeah. And then as you get up to where the actual houses used to reside, um, like there's, for whatever, whatever reason, um, someone hung a banner for a, a, for a movie project that they were working on called like the end of the street or this is where it happened yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have, there's these two banners. I went to both URLs, by the way, oh, which good. were not yeah. mobile optimized, so it's a pretty bad experience Can't, on the phone. <laughs> you got to get good developers, guys. Come on, for this now. Come on. Everyone's still going to think it's on their phones. You yeah. can't just develop for desktop. Anyway, these people have to be hated on that street because yeah. the banner, there's literally a banner that says, they died here. That's right. Exactly. There's a banner at the top of Cielo Drive yeah. where the famous Manson murders happened with Sharon Tate, yeah. the La Bianca, what, or the, not La Bianca, uh, that was later. It was, but yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. The Sharon Tate it's, it's, and... Um, uh, Folgers and yes, yes, uh, yes, Polish yes, dude. Yes. They have a freaking band that says they died yes. here. Like, we don't know that. Like, yeah. anyone driving up here that doesn't live here doesn't know that. Like, that's why we're here. But it felt really weird to see it. And yeah. I'm sure yeah. all the other, their neighbors hate so much that they're doing that. I actually looked that house up on Zillow. And I think those are renters, which makes the story even funnier. <laughs> Could you imagine renting a house Rent- in Cielo Drive being like, <laughs> murder tours, <laughs> step right up. Uh, Come but, check out where the murders dude, happened. so creepy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then when we went to the other, the actual cul-de-sac with Rick Dalton's house. Right. I don't know why I was expecting this, but I thought that in the movie, they probably had changed so much of how that cul-de-sac looks yeah. in real life. But they didn't. Turns out it's exactly the, the house same. And that pool back there, <laughs> yep. which yep. we saw in Azilla's thing. Yeah. But the house is exactly the same. Yeah. 
uh, minus the the big old billboard with the face of Rick Dalton, which yeah. I, I really think they should put up. <laughs> But next to it, you see the gate yeah. uh, where Polanski goes through yeah, and the yeah. very end scene where he has the conversation with Emile Hirsch, yeah, which yeah, is very yeah. funny. Yeah. It's all literally exactly, exactly like that. Exactly the same. Not it's, a thing has changed. It's a real cul-de-sac. That it's is a real not one. a movie set. Yep. It's not a back lot. That's a real street down uh, about 10 minutes away from my apartment. Yeah, it's really close away. by. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, it, it was cool to check those out. I mean, that's the kind of touristy thing that I'll... I'll indulge. Yeah. Um, and then. And then. And then we did the hacks thing, yes. which was like completely out of the blue. Decided to just go go check it out. We didn't know what it yeah, involved. We did, some actors from the show were yeah. going to do some. We're going to do some comedy. Okay. Yeah, all that's we basically all we knew. That's all we knew. Yes. A couple of the actors that have been nominated or were a part of the show were potentially going to do stand up. On top of a tour bus. Now, this is a four-year consideration event. So yeah. it's Emmy season in L.A. And it's worth noting this. And it's funny. As a tourist, I, coming into town during a, any type of award season, you see all these four-year consideration posters, billboards. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow, that's, this is funny. And they, only They push here. it hard. Yeah. And so this is an event that felt like it was slapped together 24 hours beforehand. Where they had this bus. I didn't know if we were going to get on the bus. Yeah, we didn't know. Nobody or knew. if they were going to be literally doing stand-up from the top of a bus yes. to people standing on the sidewalk, yeah. which is what happened. Uh-huh. And we also had no idea if the two leads were going to be there. Jean Smart. I assume she wouldn't because she's not an actual stand-up. Right. But the other lead, uh, Hannah Einbinder, is the daughter of Lorraine Newman, who was the first woman on Siren Live. Yeah. I, she's a stand-up. I thought she would be there. Neither of them were there. But no. the series creator, Paul W. Downs, who was the agent in the show, mm-hmm. uh, his assistant, and she's a stand-up. Yep. And boy, was she a tornado of energy in her set. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, one of the guys who's not a stand-up uh, p- plays Marcus, uh, who was nominated for an Emmy. Right. And he was sp- there. So we go. Yes, he was there. And Joe Mandy. Right. Who is a, f- a famous stand-up writer, wrote on Parks. Uh, I think he's got a Netflix special. I'm pretty sure he does. He has a, he's a small part in the show as well. He's in the show as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was funny, dude, pulling up to this thing because no one had any idea what was going on, including yeah. the people involved. Quite literally, one of the cast members asks Skylar, what's going, like, where, like, she didn't know, she had, she was more in the dark than we were, which was hilarious. Um, But it's exciting for me to see these little events, we get a a piece of the facade of this, of a production. And what I mean by that is, you know, Hacks doesn't have, I mean, it's been renewed for season two. It's critically acclaimed. I don't know a lot of people that have seen it. I think more people should see it. I keep telling people it's really great. Very worth your time. But, like, it was obvious to me that there were probably, well, when we arrived, there were about 20 to 30 people standing there. It was clear to me that these were people on the payroll. Yes. They were brought there to be at least a crowd if no one else showed up. But they all worked at Universal TV or HBO Max or whatever. And uh, we noticed just in the next building over from the comedy store, there's a hotel. And they, they... they get a crowd, a group of photographers to create kind of this like scrum of, oh, you know, yeah. of people flashing. And then they bring the talent out of the hotel and it looks like a legit paparazzi Hollywood thing, yes. but it's been entirely fabricated. It's completely manufactured. Those those people were not doing anything until they got rounded up and they had basically they had a part to play. Yes. And they did perform that that role, um, taking photos with the movie cameras and the cameras lights. everywhere. Yes. We yeah. had to act for the camera a few different uh-huh. times, one uncomfortable. So the guy's doing shot. There's, there's, a cam- there's several cameras being, you know, being used uh, simultaneously. And it's obvious to me that they're going to edit this whole event into something, a four-year consideration video that mm. will really make it look popping. Yes. Even though I, we all know that, like, this was not a, like, a big, big event of, at all. No. 
Um, but anyway, so they come out of the hotel, they get on the bus, the bus pulls forward in front of us. Then they get out from the top. They have a DJ. Mm-hmm. Don't know why they needed the DJ. Played one song, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then they brought out each person who, again, more confused than the last about what to do. So they basically were doing stand-up. It, w- it was fun to experience. It was fun knee, some yeah, of it was. Yeah. But it was also incredibly awkward and hilarious Very for that reason. Very awkward. So chaotic. Um, I was asked to take my baseball cap off. Cap off yeah, yeah. By, uh, oh, not just an ask. It was a demand. Yes. And then to sing? Um, <laughs> what was happening? Was Do you remember the guy comes up to me with a camera and I give two thumbs up like woo and he keeps hanging. Oh yeah. And then I was like, he wanted yeah. you to do something else. Like, go hacks. Like, what do you want me to do, man? I don't know. What do I, like he was just standing there. Like I want to be in this thing, but like, I don't know. Just tell me, I need direct a little me, direction. direct me, a little please. direction, please be professional. But it's just, I can't wait to see what they added this into because it was just so funny to yeah, see yeah. like they get a budget for they get nominated for Mm -hmm. emmys so they get a budget to do Mm -hmm. a four-year consideration event they throw together this bus comedy tour when it's not a tour at all no how far do they drive in that tour uh uh literally 75 feet it was one driveway to the next yes 75 (laughs) feet um and they told story i mean it was stand-up sets but really there were stories it was stories it was just stories yeah yeah well with one exception maybe but uh right it was pretty bizarre, but also weirdly Hollywood, and I loved it. Yeah, I know. It was great. It was I great. loved it. It was fun. It, it was ho- really Yeah, funny, that's actually. not something I would have ever done if you guys weren't oh, here. Oh, no way. So, There's no way you so would have gone. It was fun for me to experience that. But um, this, and we were in and out. Like, the whole event started at 7, and it yeah. was done by, like, 7.30. Yeah, that was so, very quick. Very quick. <laughs> we were now, done. Total, what would you say the total crowd size was in all? Okay. Because people when that they were, pull up, people started walking up because yes. it looked like something. There's music. Yeah, yeah. I want to say... 45 tops. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say 50 something like yeah, that. Yeah. 45 right tops there. is what I would say. And it, so we were standing right yes. in front of the comedy store. We were actually um, in front of where they line up to get in. It's, mm-hmm. Their patrons can get in. And uh, it was. Mark was, Marin was playing that night? Yeah. 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 There's yeah. probably more people in that comedy store line than were actually oh, in the line to watch the, uh, the event that we we're attending. So, and, and we also found out that. Uh, they there were like actual influencers in the crowd with us. Yeah, uh, some blue check marks on. Uh, Which, by the way, also Instagram. on the payroll because they're 100%. not there because they watch hacks. No, pa- those no. people. If you have a blue check mark on Instagram yeah. or Twitter, and you're at an event like that, it's because you were asked to be there, and there was money exchanged. Right, and and you can also tell that because you are tagging them in the stories. Yes, or you're posting about it. So we well, were they talking. Didn't, they didn't the pay p- for the post. They only paid for the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't want to go all out. The post would be too expensive. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's how cheap they were. I'll take the twenty four hour story. We don't we don't want the forever post. But even like there's a girl standing next to us on the right that we were asking the same questions of like what what is going on? Do you know anything? She's like, yeah, I'm not really sure. And 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 she turns out to be an influencer that yes, has hundreds exactly. of thousands of followers on yep. Instagram and was one of the you know I was like, yeah. oh, you were you were here just You're to do a plant. that. You're not you were... you've never seen an episode of this no. show. And then to our left there was a couple right next to us in line. Actual fans. Actual fans. Um. And we start striking up conversation. Very nice people. And I'm wearing my brand new New Beverly shirt. Yes. A Cliff Booth shirt yeah. from the night before. Yeah. And the guy asks me, when did I buy that shirt? Which I thought was a weird question. That's and I thought, odd. maybe he means where, which also should be obvious. Yeah. The New Beverly, it says it right there in the front. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, no, no, when? I was like, when? And for some reason, for a half second, I wanted to lie. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I've had this forever. Yeah, I was going to be like, I don't know. It was like August of 97. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I said, honestly, I bought this last night. And he was like, at the midnight showing of Glorious Bastards? And we were all looking at each other. It's like, yeah. He goes, we were there too. <laughs> the, the, him and his girlfriend. They were both, they were like stunned as we were. They're yep. like, wait, you were at the midnight showing? of, 
There's, that's How a, is this possible? New Beverly's not a big theater. That room no. seats maybe 250 people, yeah. max, tops. L.A. has many millions of people. Yes. And Hacks and Glorious Bastards, not a lot of crossover no, in that crowd. You would think there, there wouldn't be much crossover at and all. And there were 50 people. There were people on the other side of the yeah. line that we didn't ever interact with. No. But these people directly next to us were the same people that were in the night before in a room with 250 others. Yep. Aaron, how does that happen? I don't know, man. That was that was very, very odd. Weird. Very odd. But Weird. yeah, getting to talk to, I think Skylar was talking to the girl, talking her up a little bit. Was he? Uh, a little <laughs> bit. He's making his moves. Um, and I think she said uh, that she had never seen Inglorious Bastards before. Oh, that's right. That, that showing was the first time she had ever seen it. And so when we talked about earlier that everyone in that theater had seen the movie a million times, turns out one person hadn't. And we would also meet that person later the next day. <laughs> I, I really wonder if she so was the weird. only one in there that was the first time yeah. seeing it. Yeah, Maybe. Probably. Probably, but yeah. she loved it. She really she liked she it. Loved she, it. She was yeah. nervous. She doesn't like violence. She was nervous it was going to be like... Too gory. Too gory. Said. But yeah. she, it wasn't actually as violent as she was expecting. I mean, that um, movie's pretty gory. Yeah, but it's nowhere near Hateful Eight or no. Django or even Pulp Fiction. I actually yeah. think that, that this is weirdly less... I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably the least gory of yes, all of his films, yeah. weirdly enough. There's one scene, but... The rest of it, not. Right. Um, but Inglorious Bastards, I, I maybe I've seen it enough times that it f- feels like you're a little immune. To I, it. I, yeah, maybe I am immune to it because I thought it was. I always think it's way worse than it ends up being, the, right. with the exception of the very end uh, or that fi- the uh, the theater stuff. Sure, That's sure, all sure, really exactly, over the top. Exactly. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so crazy. This that was is weird. That was uh, really really interesting. L.A. Hollywood, small place, very small place, small apparently. place. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Not many fo- not many movie lovers. So uh, there's overlap there. <laughs> a lot of influencers, a lot of... I'm mad that I didn't get paid to be there no now that kidding. I think about it. We well, were among the only. You weren't paid, but you did receive some merch. We some did. Swag. I got a gold tumbler that has the HBO Lax in HBO Max. Wow. HBO Lax is a different channel. <laughs> HBO Max and Universal Television logos and then the hack, big old Hacks logo on the other side. And you know what? It's a, it's a medium grade tumbler. Yes. It's not a Yeti. It is not a Yeti. It's a definitely mass Decidedly produced. Decidedly not a Yeti. But you know what? It's one I'm going to use for six weeks. Oh, I'm going to use it until <laughs> that paint runs off. Yes. I'm using it. It doesn't feel like that gold glitter is going to last very long. Last yeah. Very yeah. long at all. Like, yeah. I can't believe. Yeah. If you were to tell me when I first started watching Hacks and falling in love with the show, that <laughs> mere weeks later, I would be listening to the cast preach from the top of a bus while I'm being tossed a golden tumbler with the Hacks logo, I would have been like, I don't think that's where my, I don't think that's where this ends up. I don't yeah. think that's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough. And it all, the first domino fell by uh, coming out to LA to watch the movie. The, yeah, the, I know. The Glorious Bastards. Well, I'm grateful. I'm really glad Skylar came up from Dallas. Absolutely. It was great to spend time with yeah. him and see him. He's a big Hacks fan. He's a big fan of one of the characters that he got to meet and get a photo with. I know. That was, awesome. that was special. And for him, it was really about Hacks. Um, because, well, in the, he slept through the entire Glorious Bastard screening. Let's just say it. He was asleep before the Disney cartoon even finished, and he was just conked out. It was all I could do to keep his snoring from bothering those around us. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he was awake for most of it. <laughs> he did catch some Z's early. Yeah, well, but... he was in Dallas time. He was, he was two hours later, to be yes, fair. Like, that movie started, and it was 2 a.m. for him. I know. That's like, rough. That's crazy. That's it was rough, rough for me at midnight. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. seen a midnight movie in forever. I know. Me neither. Oh, man. Crazy. Overall, great time, though. Really, I'm glad really you guys great came time. Out, I'm so. excited yeah. for my next New Beverly trip. Keep an eye on the calendar because more stuff I'd is I'd love coming. to see Pulp Fiction there. And yeah. uh, honestly, it's going to be hard. Tarantino's next film, whenever it comes out, yep. it's going to be his final film. 
Supposedly. That's what yeah. he's, he's sticking yeah. to his guns on that. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be hard not to want to do this again. Why not? We, will tr- we should yeah. certainly try. Circle the date. 2025. Wow. Well, thanks for driving me around to no problem, man. all the murder locations in LA, all the famous murders. I'll come up with some more for next time. Oh, yeah. I'd love, yeah, I'd love the OJ that. murders. OJ would be great. I want, the, what is it? Martinez, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Richard, Mar- Richard Martinez. Uh, no. Yeah. The uh, night, night Stalker. Night Stalker. Yeah. I'd love to get that tour next time. It would be great. Yeah. True crime. Big here. <laughs> you want to come up my way? I'll show you the Golden State Murder oh, Tour. Yeah. yeah. You got some of your Oh, own. I sure That's do. Nice. I sure do. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, thanks again, man. Always. Anytime. All right. Till, do it again soon. Till next week. You want something you bitch? I think this just might be my masterpiece.